Be prepared to experience a life-changing teaching designed to challenge you to discover your blessings in a world-fulfilled life. From the ministry of Reverend Isaac Abzalabaz Awuni from the International Central Gospel Church, Paradise Temple. And now, today's sermon. Give you praise. Take hold of the day. Take hold of the time. This is the second Sabbath of the year. We have come before you to receive from you speak to us your word talk to us your word impact us with your word let your grace overshadow and bombazzle us let us leave this place fully satisfied by the power of your word in jesus name amen the altar of dominion um the altar of dominion every community every um city every town has an altar everywhere there's an altar and that altar is the one that takes dominion take possession and take power of the area amen take power on the area okay well so let's let's get going the altar of dominion we want to look at the issues of altar we want to deal with altars the altar of dominion let's read genesis chapter 12 verse 1 now the Lord had said to Abraham, not Abraham, Abraham, because God was about to begin with the life of somebody for the f- first time. God was about to start with a new life, a new dispensation, a new people. And so God came to him and speak to him like today. God is about to start with us a new year. Amen. And by the time the year goes through or goes to an end, God would have fully given us the name for the year. Hallelujah. He started with Abraham, but at the end of the day, he became Abraham. Amen. Some of us, I don't know the name you have started with. I don't know the description you have started with. I don't know the identity you have started with, but I'm here to announce to you that by the time we are through the middle of the year, your full identity of the year has been established. Your full name of the year has been established. Amen. Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed, or so Abraham departed, that is Abraham left. He began to take the assignment of God. God said, depart. So he started what? Departing. God said, leave. So he started what? Leaving. God said, move out of your family house. So he started moving out. This year, some of us, we have to depart from somewhere we are, which is not blessing us. Amen. Some of us, we have to leave some places. We have to leave some friends. We have to leave some people who are not being a blessing to us. If you have to leave them in order for the blessings of God to fulfill in your life, you must leave. Amen. You see, remember, your life is so important than your associations. It does not matter who you associate your life with. It does not matter who you have an acquaintance with. Your life is important than that acquaintance. If the acquaintances and the connections and the life and the people you are involved with 
if they are not being a blessing to you, there's no need wasting time. Hello? If the family of Abraham were of good to him, God wouldn't have told him to leave. If God knows that Abraham, staying with these people will make your life, God would have made him to stay. If God made know that living in this land is a blessing, God would have made him to what? Leave. But because God knows that they are of no importance and when he remains with them, the blessings may not happen. May you never remain in the group where your blessings will be affected. May you never become company with the people who will affect your blessing. Amen. So, Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So, it, you see, it does not matter how old you are. Amen. If God wants to bless you, it does not matter how old you are. He was 75 years when God started and God said, move. The, the importance of the blessings of God is your obedience. Hello? The important thing to ensure that the blessings of God comes to your life is what? Your obedience. If you can obey God, it does not matter how old you are. Sometimes we don't obey God. But we are faithful to God. Hallelujah. But it's two different things to be faithful and to be obedient. Hello? You come to church every Sunday because you are a Christian. That is what? Faithfulness. Is that not it? That's faithfulness. Because it is required of us, according to Hebrews chapter 10, 25, 27, we should not forsake the assembly of the, the, the gathering of the church. So, it is request of us. And as we do it every week, we are being obedient to God. But the issue now is, are we here from intercession? Because church does not start from worship. Hello? Church does not start from preaching. The church door opens and we start what? Praying. That is when the church door opens. And the church door closes when we finish or give what? The benediction. So, if we enter church before it starts... Or at the start and live at the close. That is when we are being obedient. Amen. And that is where the blessings. And we can hold up to God for the blessings. When we know we are fully obeying the Lord. And listen to me ladies and gentlemen. You have no excuse to pacify your disobedience. No, 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 no. There is nothing to justify your disobedience. There's nothing. There's nothing. Amen. Because God is a God of his word. So when you disobey, you have just reacted against the word that should bless you. God said, fast. Isaiah 58. When you fast, your righteousness will go ahead of you. And it shall repair all broken bridges. That is Everywhere that there's no way, everywhere that there's no access, everywhere that there's a, a, a gap that you cannot cross, when you fast, your righteousness goes ahead and your righteousness give a connection to cross over that. It is his word he has spoken. If you don't fast, God will not say that because you did not fast, so I will repair the bridges. No, he will not repair it. He has declared that when you fast, this is what it will do for you. When, when you don't fast, it will not do it for you. Hallelujah. When you pray, 
in my name, then my father shall answer. If you don't pray, the father will not answer. Hallelujah. So you don't say that. And I was tired. Hallelujah. So Abraham departed. He obeyed. No matter his age, he obeyed. Then Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lord, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan, so they came to the land of Canaan. I like the English. They departed to go to the land of Canaan, so they went to the land of Canaan. So it's one thing to start, it's another thing to arrive. Amen. That is what he started. They departed, they started but they arrived. He departed to go to the land of Canaan and what? He went to the land of Canaan. He go to the land of Canaan. That means when you start, you must what? Finish. Some of us, we have given some big, big, big New Year resolutions or promises to God. Make sure you keep them. Okay? For almost some time ago, I don't do any New Year resolution. I've stopped. After, because I don't want to become a lie. Amen. Because if research has proved that 8% of people who are able to keep their New Year resolutions, only 8%. And some of you, what you said at the first night, even first, first crowd didn't come, you broke it. First crowd didn't come. This year, I'm going to read through the Bible on the first. Did you read? <laughs> I will read all the Bible this year. On the first was part two. Did you read the Bible? Okay, today is what? Eight. So have you read Genesis 1 up to Genesis chapter 8? Have you read it? But meanwhile, you gave that this year, God, this year, the word of God, I will read. <laughs> Don't be deceived. <laughs> For God is not mocked. But the Bible said that Abraham started and he arrived. And I pray for the spirit of finishing. I pray for the finishing spirit. I pray for the finishing grace. I pray for the finishing anointing. Whatever you start this year, you shall finish it. Wherever you began this year, you shall finish it. Whatever you hold this year, you shall hold. Have it done in the name of Jesus. You will not start and live in the middle. You will not begin and get stuck in the middle of the way. You will not take a step and stop. Nothing should be able to stop you. You should not be threatened by anything. The power of finishing anointing must come upon you. Hallelujah. Bible said that he began to go and he arrived at Cana. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the Terebin tree of Moreh. And the Canaanites were then in the land. Hallelujah. And the Canaanites were still on the land. God said that, God, I'm giving you the land. He arrived on the land but the Canaanites were still on the land. Some of us, listen, what God has promised to give you today, it is still in the occupation of some people. Hallelujah. What God has promised, this year, this is the blessing I'm bringing to you. It is not a vacuum or a vacant blessing. Somebody somewhere is in occupation, but it's going to determine on the power that you hold. It's going to determine on the determination, the, the aggressiveness, the perseverance that you are going to put in to make sure that you take it out of the wrong occupants. You must take it by force. Hallelujah. 
you must break the hands of any illegal person or any illegal power that is holding that which is yours. Say, and the Canaanites were still there. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Hallelujah. He said, And the Lord appeared to him. And when God appeared to him, Abraham now built an altar to the Lord. When he entered the land, went through the land, settled between Sechem and Moreh under a terrible tree. And God appeared to him. And God said, I know something, I'm going to give you this land. The Bible said that then he built an altar. We have come into the new year. We have walked eight days into the new year. We have seen the spirit of God manifest himself to us greatly here in the night of the new year and then on the first Sunday of the new year the spirit of God has been with us what is the altar we are raising for God this year hallelujah the moment Abraham entered the land and stepped on it and saw the presence of God the first thing was he raised an altar because God has said I'm going to give you Abraham said then I've got to take dominion I have to raise an altar for God. And ladies and gentlemen, this morning, you are going to raise an altar for your life this year. You are going to raise an altar that will intercede for you, that will speak for you this year in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What is an altar? Because remember, we are dealing with an altar of dominion. What is an altar? An altar is a spiritual monument where divinity and humanity they meet to discuss issues. That is an altar. It's a monument. So we call this thing an altar. This wood here. We call it an altar. It's a monument. Here, divinity and humanity meet. They deal with issues. This morning, I am standing by this altar and then what? Contacting divinity to minister to humanity. Hallelujah. Some of the things that I say, I didn't pre-plan them. Sometimes when you are coming, even the power that was coming to work, you don't know. When you are coming to church, you have no idea how God is going to move. But the moment you come in contact at the altar where God has chosen that at this point, we deal with issues of life. The, at that point, whatever you begin to tell God, God begins to respond. Hallelujah. Every one of us must have an altar in, a, in our houses or in our homes. A point where we meet to deliberate with God. A point where we meet to speak with God. A point where we meet where we have what? Deal, discuss issues with God. Some have their living room, some have their bedroom, some have beside their bed, some kneel before their bed. Everybody and where they are all tied. There's a particular place. You know that anytime I'm at that place, it is my altar. I have to what? Deal with the issues that concerns life with God. 
And then a dominion is to have sovereignty or control. Hallelujah. So, if somebody has dominion of God said we should have dominion over the earth, it means we should exercise sovereignty over the earth. We should take control of the affairs of the earth. And ladies and gentlemen, this year you will take control of the year. This year you will exercise sovereignty of the year. This year you shall determine what must happen. Hallelujah. In fact, you should drive the year. You should be the steering driver, controlling how and where things must move. Hallelujah. Somebody say, says that you must move things. So, an altar is a spiritual monument where humanity and divinity meet to settle issues and the dominion is to have sovereignty or to have um, dominion. Now, the place of the altar is where humanity offers prayer to divinity. That is the place of the altar. So here, we offer prayers here to our God. A place where prayers are offered from humanity unto divinity. Hallelujah. So, they have so many altars, most of you know altars, you know. Some of you have been seeing demonic altars. You go to shrine, you see that when they go there and they pour libation and there and those things, you know, all these things. There's a particular place and they go, some, some have an altar of a, 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 a calf, um, um, small equiaba door. Some have a, a pot, some have a stone, some have a tree, some have a, a crocodile head, some have a human head, some have a, a cow tail, and, and all sort of things at a particular place. They go there and they communicate to their particular deity or God. Number two, the place of the altar is where humanity offers sacrifices to divinity. Hallelujah. Where if human beings want to offer sacrifice to their God, they go there. That is why when we take the offering, sometimes we bring it before the altar. When we are giving offerings, when we are doing everything, we bring it before what? the altar. Because if we are presenting it to what? Our sovereign God. The place of the altar is where divinity enters into covenant with humanity. The covenants are entered. God meets with man and enters a covenant. That from today at this place, this is the agreement, sacred agreement forever and ever that I enters with you. That as from today, this and this and that is what I'm going to do. This and this and that is what you're going to do. Hallelujah. Place of the altar. And the place of the altar is where humanity worship divinity. Where we go and we worship what God. That is why the worship or the praise team who lead us to worship normally come and stand what? At the altar and lead us to worship our God. That is why sometimes when we are worshiping the Lord, we don't look outside. We look what towards the area of the altar. Because we know that at this point, divine God is in position to receive our worship and our fellowship with him. Hallelujah. So that becomes what? The place of the altar. I'm trying to explain things for you to understand 
before we take over now now let's come to our subject the altar of dominion what is it talking about the altar of dominion we are referring to the spiritual monument being for God to have sovereign control over a place a thing or a people by his people so we are talking about when we build a monument when we raise chose a place where we meet with our God and make sure that God has been introduced to have sovereign control over the place over a thing over a people anytime we want to settle any issues that is where we go hallelujah that is what we are trying to look at so we are looking at this year you being able to raise an altar where you give God a chance that God this year you are in control anytime I come to this place and I call upon you you will take charge Anytime I come to this place and I lift my voice to you, you take control. So this is the point. Hallelujah. And I pray that you shall raise an altar that will take absolute control of your finances. You take an, an, an altar that will take control of your marriage issues. Hallelujah. Your Christian issues, your spiritual issues, you should be able to raise an altar to be able to what, speak for you. Amen. Amen. Let's now move on and deal with the issues of the day. The New Testament altar. I want us to understand the New Testament, the altar, before we start looking at how altars are made and all those kind of stuff. Because I didn't, because if you want to raise an altar, Sometimes all that you put up, it is a heap of stones and wood and those things, but I'm not interested in Because some of you, if I don't come and explain it on the New Testament context, some of you go home and go and carry stones into your house. Hallelujah. Much as we have an altar in the New Testament, we have been given a better altar that speaks better than the altar of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Let's read John chapter 14, verse 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's full stop. Amen. You don't add to it. You don't, you don't put any comma. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And Jesus said that until now, you have not asked anything. Anything is anything. Hello? Anything is what? Except the thing is evil. But if it's not evil and it is good, it's anything. If you ask it in my name. So the name of Jesus now becomes the altar. Because if we stand here and we call upon God, it's a point where humanity and what? Divinity settles issues. And Jesus said that in my name. Whatever you shall ask, whatever you want to deal with, whatever you want to settle with God, when you bring it to my name, to be done. Hallelujah. So, how do we make an altar of the name of Jesus? It is when we pray by the name of Jesus. Because at the altar, we pray. At the altar, in fact, 
we speak, you can put up an altar without speaking. It will be just there. At the altar we speak. Hallelujah. So as we speak the same thing, as we pray by the name of Jesus, not only that, and anoint ourselves in the name of Jesus. Because every altar receives other anointing oil or if it is a, a demonic altar, it receives libation. They pour libation on it. By the name of Jesus, it's not lying down, you go and pour anointing oil. So sometimes we anoint ourselves in the name of Jesus and we pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then we hold, we believe in the blood of Jesus. So you have to believe in the blood of Jesus. Anoint in the, in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. And then you make an offering to the cause of Jesus. As often as you do this thing, you build an altar with God. Hallelujah. Build an altar with God. I know a gentleman who, it was, it was funny. Every morning, he gives an offering. Every morning. He would do his devotion. He would pray in the name of Christ. He would anoint himself. And then he will apply the blood of Jesus upon everything. Then when he moves out from his, his house, the first church, he will stop. He will enter the church and go and give an offering on the altar. He was doing this and that guy is blessed. He's blessed. And he tells that, that is my secret. His colleagues, his friends, some of them think that, hey, and this guy has this, and this guy, and this, and this, because they don't know that things are working for him. Things are working for him. Any issue, he, he'll, just, he'll just, oh, this one, quiet, I'll go to my altar. And they don't understand. And all he does is that he wake up at the at the point of his house. He will just go and stand there, pray in the name of Christ, anoint himself there, and apply the blood of Jesus there. Then when he comes out, the church said so there's a particular old church. He will just stop over the church, go there, and place an offering on the altar. That is it. Hallelujah. May it work for you today. I said, may the altar work for you today. May an altar speak for you today. Hallelujah. So, let's get going. When to raise an altar? When is the right time for you to build an altar? Because most people are waiting when you are in crisis before you raise an altar. No, but this year I want you to raise an altar and raise strategic altars. Hallelujah. Don't wait. At the middle or somewhere then before you said I'm going to raise. Start it early. Build an altar early. Hallelujah. When you enter into a new season, a new year, you have to raise an altar. Hallelujah. Like you have entered into a new year like this, you must raise an altar. You enter into a new city, a new town, a new land. Abraham entered into a new land. He raised an altar. It was a new season of his life, a new time of his life, a new generation for his life, for him and his family. The first thing he did is that he raised an altar there. I have to take dominion. Hallelujah. This year you are raising an altar to take dominion for your year. 
You are raising an altar to speak for your life. You are raising an altar on behalf of your house, behalf of your family, behalf of your job. Some of us, we enter into new seasons, a new city, a new town, a new land, and we just go in, we leave it. There are forces on the land that will fight you. There are others who are already raised. They will fight you. Amen. And you can't underrate. Listen, every spirit that is fighting you is coming from an altar. Any forces, any power that is contending with you is coming from where? There's an altar that has been what? Erected, which has been commissioned. But you are going to raise a better altar so that this year that altar must work with you. And I pray in the name of Jesus that your altar will speak with you. The altar you raised this morning, it will work for your life. The altar you raised this morning, it will contend for your life. The altar you raised this morning, it will work for your life. Hallelujah. Number two, when you enter into a new house, a new family or a marriage, you must raise an altar. Hallelujah. Some of us, we are married to a family. Some of you get married this year to families. Take your time and dig the background. Hallelujah. We're putting our head in. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it will not happen. They will not tell you, but you go in and problems will never leave your house. You will enter into a family, enter into a marriage, and then you will curse your star. Say, God, what did I do wrong? Because problems upon problems, problems upon problems, issues, and you don't know why. You have entered into an altar. Amen. There are some of us who are dating boyfriend, girlfriends and your boyfriend or your girlfriend has a strong altar in their house you have never checked and already they have slept with you and the problems have started your life has started disintegrating and you don't know ah, what is happening everything is messing up in my life whatever is going on, the devil is a lie ever since I met this girl, ever since I met this boy things are dishambling, the devil doesn't want me to marry take your time, leave the devil alone Check the route where you are going. There may be an altar. Amen. You see, anytime you are entering into a family or a marriage, pray to discover that altar. If you can, fine. If you can't, leave. It is altars. And ladies and gentlemen, some of us are about to enter into families, enter into homes, enter into lands that altars are on. And right now, you have to raise an altar. You have to raise something to speak for your life. So that this year, wherever you shall go, if God should bless you with a husband, with a wife, if God should bless you with a job, with a new house, when you enter there, things must work for you. Amen. When you step into a new office, position or promotion, you must raise an altar. Some of you will be promoted this year. Some of you will enter into a new office. You will take a new seat. You will take a new place. When you step there, raise an altar. Raise an altar. I spoke to you some time ago about a young man who had a promotion. And the day he entered into the office, he be crippled. I spoke to you here. And I told you that the guy was in hospital. He told the parents that take me to the church. They brought him and he was in the church. Prayed until the power of God just came to him one day. He stood up. And when he stood up, the boss 
crippled and died and the guy was able to resume that position because that boss has raised an altar some of you are busy praying for promotion I need to be promoted I had to go there fine God will never say no but ladies and gentlemen make sure that you raise an altar something to speak for you let us not live this life so blindly and thinking that everything like us everything don't like you as you are seated in church and I'm preaching to you to the word of God somebody too is sitting somewhere and it's also being directed against you or you don't know somebody is envying your house somebody is envying your job somebody is envying your wife somebody is envying your husband somebody is envying something about somebody is envying and you have no idea who they are but they are there but may the altar of God speak for you today may we raise an altar that will do battle for us we raise an altar when we win or defeat our enemies in battle Listen, you go through challenges and then God gives a breakthrough. Raise an altar. So that the altar will sustain. Do you know what Jesus said? Revelation chapter 12. He said that behold, the accuser of the brethren are coming. The accuser of the brethren is coming. Not the, the one who accuses them sometime. So who accuses them daily? coming. But he didn't finish there. But they overcame him by the blood of what? The lamb. The blood of the lamb is the altar of the Christian. The altar, that is why I told you that the New Testament altar is the name of Jesus Christ's blood and the anointing and offering in his name. He is coming but they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of what? Their testimony. There's the lamb, there's their testimony. And they did not love their life even unto death. Sacrifice. Amen. Sacrifice. Meanwhile, Jesus said, Little children, don't be afraid. You, have, you will overcome because I have overcome. He said he has overcome. The victory has been done. But in Revelation, he said that what? The battle is still going. Paul said that for we, we do battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And after Paul said that, you know something? He said, Fight and what? Stand and what? Fight. We don't stop. So when you win a battle, raise an altar to speak for you. Some of you, you win one battle and it's, so, it's okay. You get one testimony and you go to sleep. Yeah. The job there you have got. But when you got a job that pays you 2000 or 3000 or 5000 how much money is in your account? The battle is still raging. Oh, now I've married. All my problems are finished. Ah! Like those of us who are believing God to marry. I want to marry so that I will be free. I'm tired. Every day when I marry at least I am in my husband's or my wife's house and I have a peace of mind. Okay. When you finish marrying nice you go and introduce another altar to the one you are already fighting. Hello? You will go! Huh? Hallelujah. So you've won that battle of marriage. They didn't want you to marry. You've won it. But after you've won it, you have to raise an altar against the other battles which will come after. Hallelujah. But sometimes after winning the battles, that's the end. We leave
we go and sleep. Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to pray? To raise an altar for God? Good. Now, the power of an altar. What is the power that an altar can do for you? If you raise an altar. Because every altar has power. And every altar and the work it does. Today I'm not talking about types of altar. I don't know when. I'm not sure I'll talk about it today, but I'll talk about it sometimes. So they'll know how we have different altar. We have the altar of remembrance, altar of occupation, altar of what? Victory, altar of possession. We have various altars when you go into the scriptures. Various altars. And all they do. But in generally, the altar of God has the power to fulfill the promises of God for your life. And I pray that today, may every promises of God, of God for your life, may the altar of God fulfill it for you. I said, may the altar of God fulfill that promise for you. Listen, the Bible said that when Abraham was climbing up the mountain, the son Isaac said, Father, this is the wood, this is the knife. Where is the lamb to be sacrificed? And Abraham said that upon the mountains of the Lord, he shall provide himself with the lamb. And that is why we get all Jehovah or Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah that one you don't know. So on the mountains of the Lord, the Lord shall provide himself what? With a God, with a lamb. And at that time, there was no lamb. Amen. But God have told Abraham that Abraham, go, I will make you a blessing. And God must fulfill his word. And when Abraham got up of the mountain, God didn't provide a lamb. But when he set the altar, the Bible said that, and he put the child on the altar, and he's ready to offer the sacrifice. The altar has been raised. He has looked up to God. He has thanked him. He already to sacrifice. Lord appeared. The altar must fulfill the promise. So God's boy, Abraham, don't. The lamb has been provided. Today, may the altar of God that you raise, may it provide your lamb. I said, may it provide your lamb. May it provide anything that you need according to the promises of God. May it provide it for you. Number two, the altar of God establishes the plans of God for your life. Every plan that God has said to you, listen, when you raise an altar, the altar makes sure that, that those plans are what? Established. When Abraham entered upon the land and he raised an altar, he said, God, establish your plans in my life. God, every plan that God has for you in the name of Jesus by the altar of God, it shall be established. Every decision God has taken about you by the altar of God, it shall come to pass. It will be established. Number three, it sustains the presence of God. Sustains the presence of God. God told the children of Israel, Joshua, that when you cross, raise an altar so that my presence shall remain with you. It can sustain the presence of God for you. And then it strengthens you to conquer your enemies. It gives you strength. The Bible said that when Elijah repaired the broken altars, some of us, our altars have been broken. If I'm dealing with the types of altar and I talk about the altar of what battle, then I'll talk about that. Some of us, our altars are broken. We have to repair it. 
Our prayer life is down. Our giving life is down. It's broken. So we can win battles. But the Bible said that Elijah repaired the broken altar. And after he repaired the broken altar and he began to call upon God, supernatural strength came from above. The Lord empowered him first. The Lord was devoured the sacrifice on the altar and he empowered him. The Bible said that. And one man, he caught over 380 witches of Baal and slayed them all together. Listen to me. How can one person kill about 380 or 480 witchcrafts or witch wizards? He finished all of them. I said strength will come unto you. You will conquer thousands. Strength will come upon you. You will destroy thousands. Power will come of you. You will kill thousands of enemies that shall rise up against you. He killed all of them because strength came to him from God. He destroyed all of them. He catch this one. And the question I asked myself, so where, what were they doing? So when he caught the first one and killed the first one, the remaining 300 on something plus, they were standing there, or 400, they, were they standing there looking at him so that he cut them? The Bible says some of them, he pursued them even up to the, the brook. It means some of the enemies were running away. He chased them and got them and killed them. Listen, when the strength comes on you, every enemy of your life who is hidden, even in Kosovo, you will fire them. Let the enemy hide in holes. You will fire them out. Let them hide in, in caves. You will fire them out. He chased them and finished all of them. Because an altar has been repaired and the power of that altar is at work. He fired them. He killed all of them. Amen. And there are a lot of us who need to kill. Hello? There are some of the enemies, ladies and gentlemen, of the year, you don't need to entertain yourself with them. Some of them, it is not time for entertainment. Hallelujah. Because listen, the enemy is not in entertainment with you this year. It's not entertainment with you. If we don't sit up and build a strong altar to stand for us, if we don't take them, the recourse of the past can repeat itself. But may the Lord forbid. We may sit down and say that uh, 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 what happened last year cannot happen again. This year things will change. This year things, it is, things does not change by just talking. Hello? Things does not change by just talking. Things change by action. And for us Christians, it changed by spiritual action. We must take the right action against the right enemies. You don't sit down and say, and they, no, you must lift an altar for you. There are instances, you see, that where I sit and pray, where I, I contact God and pray, anytime I wake up and prayer time and I touch there, sleep just vanishes. Sleep just vanishes. As soon as I get myself out from bed and I touch that position where I communicate with my God and I've taken it as my altar, when I get there, sleep, it vanishes. And we deal with issues. Hallelujah. Invoking the power of an altar. It is not enough to know the power of the altar, but you must invoke the power of the altar. And listen, this morning, that is one of the work we are going to do. We are going to invoke the power of our altar. 
I'm going to invoke the power of our altar. I don't know how we're going to do this. But everybody this morning, you are going to cry to God. You are going to raise an altar. And you are going to cry to God. We invoke the altar into work one by building a monument of stones or wood. That is in the Old Testament. So here we are, we have a monument of wood. Some of them are stones, it's an altar. Some of you, there are some people when you go to their house, they have they have their altars. Some of them you go, you have they have a, a table, they have a cross, they have a Bible. They have Jesus, whether it's Jesus or it's a statue who has been crucified there, and they have anointing oil, and they have some candles before it, and they go there and then pray to their God. Well, it's to their faith, but thou shalt not bow before any image, craving image. So, even though altars are raised physically by other stones or wood, but remember in our time, the altar is the name of Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus said? He said, if you lift me high, I will lift all men before me. So when you lift Jesus high, you build an altar. Hallelujah. Then you pour anointing oil on that altar. You know something? Christ is in you. Christ is inside of you. The altar of God is inside of you. The best altar is sitting inside of you. And that is why anytime you anoint yourself, is anyone among you who is sick, let him bring to the elders and the pouring of anointing in the prayer of faith shall restore the person. Why is it that when you put anointing on the person and you pray, the person is restored? Because there's an altar inside. And when you put the anointing and you invoke that power, that spirit, that spirit must work inside. Hallelujah. Number three, offering the right sacrifice on it. Listen, every altar and the kind of sacrifice that we put on it. When we go into the Bible, there are some, sometimes it's camel, it's bulls, sometimes it's turtle dove, sometimes it is um, 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 bears, sometimes it's cereals, sometimes it's fresh fruits, sometimes vegetables. Depending on the situation and the sacrifice you offer. Hallelujah. Some of you, your situation is a camel offering and you are offering a turtle dove. You are dealing with a leprosy situation and you're supposed to sacrifice a bull and you are giving an offering of a dove for a peace issue. Do you think the, offer, the, the, the author will speak? Physically, I've seen how the canals operate with altars before. People, anybody who comes with different problems and the kind of offering that they will give to them to offer. Sometimes the women came with the issue of the womb. And they will tell you, go and bring white calico. Bring white cock. Bring four white eggs for the fruit of the womb. Somebody came 
they want promotion. Go and bring a virgin sheep. And bring three days born cow. Wow. Somebody came. He wants the rival's husband to become all mine. He said, go and bring your rival's clothes. Bring her food. Hallelujah. So you make the right of it, then you invoke the spirit of God into work. You have to invoke the spirit into action. Because, listen, after doing everything and you don't invoke the altar, the spirit into work, you have not done anything. You must commission the spirit. Hallelujah. If you don't give the Holy Spirit a work to do, it will be there. Jesus said that when he comes, he shall lead you into all truths. And which of the truths do you want, Juan? It's all truths. Hallelujah. Do you know that I can preach all sermons, but as I come here, am I preaching all sermons? A particular sermon. Hallelujah. The same thing. There is the truth for the, your breakthrough, your financial breakthrough, marital breakthrough, business breakthrough, employment breakthrough. There are the truths to those breakthroughs. You must commission the Holy Ghost to lead you to those truths. Amen. He does say that, he said that. And the Holy Ghost come. He shall lead me to all truths. All truths. It's not the truth. Amen. We have all truths and we have the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. And what? The truth. But he said that, and the Holy Ghost shall lead you into what? All truths. So all truths mix up to become what? The truths. So the Holy Ghost must lead you to which of the truths? Because before he said, and I am the truth. He said, I am the way. Which of the ways to the truth? You must ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Amen. This year, there are no God who opened a door for me. Which door? Pastor, this year is my year. You go shine your eyes. God, no open door for me now. Which of the door? Amen. He will open a come center door for you at Christian Village. Then he said, I'm believing God for 5,000 breakthrough. God has opened a door of 150 Ghana cities. But you say God will open a door for you. And every door, whether it's an iron door or it's a silver door or it's a wooden door, it's a door. You must name your door. You know what God told Moses? He said, when you go to Egypt, tell Pharaoh that I am. I am. And I am what? I am what you say I am. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So if you're hungry, I'll feed you. He said, I am the living waters. If you're thirsty, I'll give you to sleep. He said, I am the way. If you miss the way, I will lead you. He said, I am the good shepherd. If you don't have any shepherd of your life, I will shepherd you. I am the father of the fatherless. If you are desolate, I will father you. I am the husband of the widow. If you are lonely, I will be there for you. So, which of the truths? Amen. 
that you must invoke the spirit to work. And this morning you must invoke the spirit to work. This morning as you raise an altar and you begin to cry to God, the spirits of God must have an assignment to do for your life this year. There must be an assignment for your life this year. Don't leave things for chance. Well, it's a work. It's a work. So you know, it's a work. It's a work. What must work? People have gone to places and they are coming. Amen. So while you are saying that there is time, there is no time. Now is what? Time. The Bible says that now is the salvation of our Lord. There's no more tomorrow. So the altar must be raised now and you must commission it to work for you now. Hallelujah. I don't know what you are looking for. I don't know what you want. But ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to raise an altar. You are coming to pray. Amen. You are coming to commission something. You are going to commission. You're going to raise an altar. And ladies and gentlemen, when you go home, choose a place and raise an altar for your life. Set a place that this place I meet my God. This place I encounter my God. This place I commune with my God. This place is me and my God. Set a place. Hallelujah. Set a place. One day I, end, I went to a great man's house. A very great man, a very rich, prosperous man in this country. And there's a chair. I was going to sit there and say, Man of God, sorry. I beg, just sit here. I said, oh, Okay, I was saying, No, no, that is my altar. Nobody sits on that chair. And I myself, I don't even sit on it for leisure. When I sit on it, it means I'm having what? Communion with God. You don't sit on it. I said, Wow. The chair. So when you go to his living room, if all the chairs are black, that chair is different color. Sitting there. The wife will never usher you to sit on it. The children will never usher you to sit on it. Everybody will tell us, Daddy, sit here and pray. So beside the church is a small table and his Bible is on it. And a small anointing oil is on it. So when he said that, I look and I saw the Bible, I saw the anointing oil. I said, oh, okay, I understand. And he has made it a perpetual and what? A habit. That every morning I will sit here and I will talk to my God. How many of us have a, has an altar that every morning this is where I position to talk to my God? You are scattered. You are scattered. You are scattered. Your altar is in front of your TV. Amen. Listen, if you are raising an altar, your, 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 your mobile phone is not part of it. It is the real Bible. You must have the real Bible. The paper, black and white. This is Bible. This is Bible. Black and white. You must have the Bible. You must use the Bible. That is the altar. Hallelujah. Paul, when he was in crisis, he said, Timothy, when you are coming, bring me the parchment. He said, bring me my cloak, my mantle. 
And when you are bringing my, my cloak, don't forget to bring me along the parchment, the Bible. We overcame him by the word of our testimony. We didn't overcome him by the search of our electronics. And when you pray, close your door and say, Our Father. Pray with our Father. Don't open somebody's prayer and say that, Our Father. No, you don't build an altar by somebody's prayer. You build an altar by your own invocations by, and by your own words. You don't build an altar by scriptures somebody has given to you. There are guidelines. By build an altar by your own scriptures. Open your own Bible and read what is there. It is good to carry an electronics Bible. I have one. But ladies and gentlemen, when you go to my table, I have Bibles. My house, I have Bibles. There are times I handle the electronics. But when it comes to matters of life and destiny, I don't deal with electronics. I deal with the real Bible. I don't want to see another picture when I'm reading the word of God. I want to see black and white. Amen. Because I'm raising an altar. I must raise an altar and I must make sure that God is at work. Because, listen, the time is too short to play with God. The time is too short to play with the altars. The time is too short to entertain yourself with scriptures. 